Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 39 of the Valley Sports Guys podcast, live here from Perked Up Cafe in Charleroi, back after a kind of two-week absence, but we are back here at Perked Up. Excited to be back. Assistant Sports Editor Jose Negron here with our usual crop of characters, some new faces as well. We got social media guru Casey McIntyre in the house. Casey, good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. It's a big crowd here. I don't know if they thought they knew Mike was coming or... They I don't just, know. Mike puts, you know, butts in seats. He does. He, he does. does. And speaking of Mike Darnay, he is in the building making his Valley Sports Guys podcast debut. Mike, thanks for being here, buddy. I'm usually sleeping during this time, but um, <laughs> it's good to be here. It's like a solar eclipse. I don't come around often, but when I do, everybody pays attention. Exactly. Everybody's here. That's everybody's it. ready. We've got a lot of fans here. we got Nick Hicks and Baugh running the ones and twos. Nick, thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm like Mike. I would normally be sleeping at this time, but, I mean, had to come in. Uh, usually I am sleeping until we start rolling here. Uh, and uh, we don't have our fearless leader, Jeremy Slew, here, but he will be back uh, next week for the VSG podcast. But uh, thank you for joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning here at Perked Up. Uh, have our coffee ready. We have some water, some nice treats, so. I got a sandwich in already. Got your sandwich, got your bacon. I saw you had some bacon. So we're fully ready to get going here uh, on a beautiful Sunday morning. A lot to talk about in terms of local sports here in the Mon Valley. Uh, obviously a big football Friday. Uh, we'll t- start off with the biggest game of the night. Uh, I know Jeremy was there covering it. Mike, you were there uh, taking photos. And uh, for the second year in a row, McKeesport gets the uh, better of the Thomas Jefferson Jaguars, a 42-28 to victory. And uh, it was the Bobby Boyd show, Mike. They, not only that, but I think McKeesport just hits so much harder than other teams. Mm-hmm. That TJ kind of took a beating on that front. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was at the the game Friday, but also was at week zero for McKeesport. And right. Bobby Boyd's the real deal. You said, you said at week zero, people didn't believe you. But I think uh, he's a 1,000-yard rusher. I mean, what, what can you I mean, I think he, I think he got 1,000. He, cro- he crossed the 1,000-yard mark on his first carry of the game, I believe. Yeah, because I think he came in with, like, 900 and something. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was a 41-yard touchdown. He hit the line of scrimmage, and just like that, he was in the end zone. Right. And I think he, he came in, I believe, on the outside looking in in terms of the top 10 of Whippeal rushers. So, uh, and, a, I be- and I believe he's a sophomore. Yeah, they have him for quite a long time. And, and I think, you know, when you look at it, McKeesport always has these great running backs. You know, they had, you know, Davari Robinson, who was our player of the year a couple years ago, uh, you know, now uh, playing in college. You know, you had Leighton Jordan. You had, uh, you know, so many of these great running backs. And Bobby Boyd's just the next one. You know, he's the next uh, big McKeesport runner. We know that they run that triple option really well. Um, and uh, obviously a 228-yard performance, three touchdowns uh, against a really solid Thomas Jefferson defense. And, and a pretty flawless performance from Caleb Brees. No turnovers, yeah. no fumbles. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing with that triple option, especially in those kind of conditions, wet, rainy, cold. Right. You might expect them to hit the, hit the ground a few times, but they ran the option pretty seamlessly. Right. And looking a little bit at the, the box score, Bobby Boyd, touchdown runs of 41 yards, uh, like Mike mentioned, 14 yards and 48 yards, uh, two of those in the second half. Uh, Joe Lexi for Thomas Jefferson had three one-yard touchdowns. Uh, Elias Lippincott had 123 rushing yards on 24 carries and a touchdown. I know uh, Bill Chirpak has really been high on how he has been playing uh, the last several weeks, uh, you know, more so. And, um, just a big victory for McKeesport. We, we talked about how this is like the two-game gauntlet uh, for them as, you know, they have Thomas Jefferson, you know, this week. Next week they get a play for a conference championship against Belvern, and so yeah. it's, it's going to be exciting. 
Um, Where is that game next week? At Bell Vernon. <clears throat> at Bell Vernon. At Bell Vernon. So that's uh, we actually have two showdowns for conference titles uh, next week. We'll get into that in a second, but we'll run down some of our other scores here. Uh, in Class 3A, Elizabeth Ford wins their second straight interstate conference championship outright with a 56-13 win over Southmoreland. Uh, EF had was actually trailing in the first quarter at one point, but uh, they rattled off a handful of unanswered points in order to come away with a win. Uh, Zion White, 5 for 10, 227 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Kyle Florno, 123 rushing yards and a touchdown. Zach Boyd continues to potentially, I think, in my opinion, be the most underrated wide receiver in the WPIAL. Did, did you say Zion White had five passes for 227 yards? Yes. Wow. Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. <laughs> Zach Boyd, very efficient. Zach Boyd had four of those receptions <clears throat> for 192 yards wow. and three touchdowns. He also, uh, I believe, had a defensive touchdown as well. Uh, so I think Zach Boyd is one of the more underrated receivers just because, like, I feel like he doesn't have a ton of receptions. But he makes the most of them. Very effective. Yeah, he's very effective. He makes the most of his uh, his catches and, and his receptions. And um, Zion Wade is, has been, you know, clicking on all cylinders as well. Um, I know Charlie Niggett had a uh, touchdown pass to Charlie Melib, uh there in the uh, second quarter of that win as well. So um, Elizabeth Forward, I know that they're trying to get back to that Whitfield Championship game again. Central Valley is also in 3A again, so we'll see how that, that works out. But uh, the Warriors have one uh, conference game remaining against Yawk to finish out the regular season. And speaking of Yawk, got their first win of the season. Victory over Brownsville. I guess when you're winless, play Brownsville. Yeah. And then what? Then Brownsville decided that they don't want to play in the WPA anymore, right? They, right, but I think right. Was it before that? Was it before or, or after? I don't know, I don't know after. if it was. Was it, it was after? after? Okay, yeah. So right after the game, they're just like, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, man, we're good. Let's 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 good. let's get out of here. So uh, if if no one knows what we're talking about, the, uh, Brownsville announced that they are going independent. Following suit hey. of Albert Gallatin in Uniontown. Yes. Hey, there's been talks of the Fayette County Football League. Who knows? We'll see. We'll I, see. Well, but who would who would be in that? I, they wanted all the teams in Fayette County to leave the Whitfield. There was like a whole. So, like, if there was a lit, like, I, I mean, just saying, like, it would be like Uniontown. Uniontown, Brownsville, Connellsville, AG, Frazier. But, like, the way I'm looking at it is. Like it would still be like I think AG would still destroy all those teams. Yeah, like those other teams are just no Cause, good. Because like, it's yeah. it's a mix of one A, two A, five A. Yeah. Right. Like it, that yeah, would be I fair to <laughs> Brownsville. Probably would rather be in the Whipple than you yeah. know, playing yeah. against teams right. in their own classification than playing you know four A, five A teams that, that are just in Fayette County. I didn't see that whole. I was obviously at the Shalori AG game, and that whole thing left a weird taste in my mouth. Like I just didn't. I, it just seems so goofy for them to be playing against Charleroi. I, I don't know. It just. Well, I mean, if you actually look at their schedule from a few years ago, like they were playing a school from the deaf in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they schedule anybody. Well, they said that they were telling somebody that wherever they play next week is three hours away. Jeez. You know, and so everybody was super excited to be able to just come 30 minutes or 40 minutes to Charleroi. And it wasn't even a game. Like, they were so – it was just weird. Like, they were so excited yeah. about it, but everybody else is standing there going, "You're." it's like third, whatever it was. Like, right. it, it just wasn't a game. And I mean, it, it, it's not beneficial for them to play teams like McKeesport and Thomas Jefferson, but you right. also need a happy medium. You don't want – Well, that's my point. That. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, that's where – sorry, I, I did that, – that sparked a little – No, that's okay. You know. That's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> 
but, but the Yaw Cougars did get their first victory of the season over Brownsville. Uh, Shane Swift Jr., 27 carries for 148 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Radon Kuroda, their, uh, their quarterback, 7-10 for 84 yards on touchdown, also had 55 yards rushing with two scores. Um, and uh, good, good, good to see the Cougars get on the – Get in the win column. And they were probably they were missing players. They were missing from players from, from, last, from week's last week's fight, fight. Uh, with Valley as well. So um, nice to see them get a win. I know you know Chris Chunko and, and that staff really well, and they're good guys. So it was it was nice to see them uh, be able to get a victory there against Brownsville. Um, class two A. We come to a matchup that leads to a conference showdown next week for a conference title uh, in Allegheny Conference play. Class two A. Sarah Catholic, forty six to nothing over Summit Academy. Uh, everybody was involved. Elijah Ward was kind of the key catalyst, a 36-yard punt return for a touchdown and a 47-yard touchdown pass from Max Rocco, who was 5 for 6 for 125 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, didn't have to throw much, but I, I, I talked to Dennis Stitch after the game. He gave me you know, all the information for the box score. He said that 47-yard t- uh, pass to Elijah Ward was probably the best pass that Max Rocco has thrown all season. And I told him, that's dangerous for other teams in 2A because he's, I think, starting to hit his groove. And in my opinion, in terms of a, a pure passer, I feel like he's been one of the best in the Valley uh, this fall. Yeah, and I think they might have put up a few more points if they weren't playing on the mud pit yeah. on Friday. Right, and yeah, because they, they scored, they only scored nine points in the second half. I saw Adam's pictures. They were all yeah. dirty. Yeah, they had a th- <laughs> and, and, but you know it was clean. Sarah's uniforms. Yeah. You see those gold yeah. unis. That's the first time I've seen those. Yeah, I, they were pretty nice. I liked them. But uh, 37 nothing lead at halftime, so the Eagles didn't have to do much in the second half. Uh, Max Rocker didn't have to throw much. Uh, Makai Dutrell, Michael Shank, and Javon Holt all had first-half rushing touchdowns. Uh, Terrell Booth had a receiving score in the second quarter. And then, of course, uh, the Ward touchdowns in the second and third quarters. Two safeties by the Sarah defense, too, because that defense has just been dominant all season. So um, This sets up a conference showdown with Steel Valley next week at Steel Valley. So that should both, be a good game. Both teams unbeaten, just like McKeesport and Bell Vernon. Uh, two really, really good games. I unfortunately won't be around again. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think uh, Jeremy and, and Adam Brewer are going to potentially get some, some big games next week to cover. Um, Last wedding, I promise. Yes. <laughs> um, also, I also get to celebrate my birthday at a wedding, so I'm 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 looking forward to it. Uh, moving on, Class A uh, matchup that I had uh, at Memorial Stadium in Manesson. It was three to nothing until less than a minute left in the first half. So I had a thriller. Um, also a mud pit because I was on the field after the game. Uh, this was obviously a twenty-three nothing win for California over Manesson, and it was not great. Yeah, yeah you, conditions you, were not great. When you walk on those fields after those kind of games, you think, how do they run in this yeah. and not injure yeah. themselves? Yeah, and I'm just like, I saw a picture the other day of, or I think it was yesterday, of uh, football in Idaho. In and the it, snow. In the snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how do you do this? Like, how, how do you play football in, in, I mean, I'm sure they, like, you know, shoveled off the field a little bit, but I don't know how you do it. But it was kind of the equivalent of that. It was It was very, like, you know, thick mud and just... Yeah, now, like, from my perspective, great. I love shooting games on grass because you get the grass stains on the uniforms. Right. You get the dirt, the mud. Right. But life is a lot easier going home after a game when it's on turf. Yeah, yeah. And we, we know, you know, like, you know, guys that uh, that play a lot get a lot of mud stains. Even guys that don't play a lot uh, 
get a lot of Mustangs as well. So, um, but uh, moving on, uh, like I said, California twenty-three nothing win over Manesson. Corey Frick a twenty-nine-yard field goal for the lone points of the first quarter. Uh, Hunter Assad had a twenty-three-yard touchdown pass uh, to Zach Gelatai uh, in the second quarter. Uh, Gelatai had a twenty-yard rushing touchdown in the fourth, and also a uh, Cole Woolpink had a five-yard punt return after a block punt uh, for a touchdown as well. So. Um, very sloppy game. I mean, I think there were a total of 157 yards between the two teams. Uh, eight total turnovers, all in the first half. Uh, so a uh, little bit of a sloppy game, but I think the field conditions were, it was more so the field conditions, and I think both defenses played really well as well. So. Yeah, I mean, in that kind of weather, even on turf, when it when it's cold, it's windy, it's wet, it's mm-hmm. rainy. I mean, that was the first night we've had like that for football in a while. Right. And, and I mean, it's tough conditions to pass the ball in that kind of weather. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final three games of the night. Mapletown, a 50-15 to win over Bentworth. Clareton, a 12 to nothing win over Springdale. Scored all 12 of their points in the first quarter. Uh, Capone Jones and Christian Wade, each with touchdown runs. Wade, 125 yards and a touchdown for the Bears. And then Albert Gallatin, a 50-16 to win over the Charleroi Cougars. Brendan Harps, 14-27, 139 yards. A touchdown, two interceptions, and Terrence Woods, five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. So, How bad do you think Clareton's going to beat Jeanette next week? I don't even want to talk about it. I just want Roy Hall to like, <clears throat> just have a decent game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because they always play the last week of the season and it usually decides a conference championship. Yeah. No. It's cra- It's just crazy how far it's come. Like, they, they played in, in the Whipple Championship yeah. game last year. Didn't they, didn't they win the Whipple Championship yeah, last they year? Yeah, beat, they beat Clareton yeah. pretty badly last year. How bad, um, how bad is that? To, you know, that kid, those kids come back and run all over him. Yeah. Like and for, they're, and they're, losing, they're losing games by 40, 50 points. Yeah, I mean, GCC, what, what 40? <clears throat> Nine three, yeah, yeah. Like it sucks because like I like Roy Hall. I think is a great coach. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's been doing it for so long. And I saw Bill Beckner, you know, cover their game against GCC, and he posted that video yeah, of, that, yeah. of the band yes. playing for him. Yeah. And, and you could tell like Roy, like that meant a lot to him, you know. And, and it, it just I, I you'd like to go out other than one and nine, right, right. And and I was happy to see that they were able to get a win this year. But um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be a lopsided game, but, you know, I hope, you know, they're able to, to put up a fight, you know, for, for his uh, his final game. So, um, with that being said, congratulations to Roy Hall on a, a great uh, career. I don't know if he's going to listen to this because <laughs> it's out of the valley, but, you know, right. he's he's one of those legends, really, that you, you have to respect. I think a lot of coaches in this area, you know, look at him as, as being like a mentor and, and, a, and a big uh, figure. So, um, congratulations to him on a great career. Hope, hope Friday goes well for, for the Jayhawks. So. All right, we'll talk about a little bit of Whippeal soccer action. We uh, obviously have the brackets released this week. Uh, we have six girls teams, seven boys teams in this year's Whippeal uh, soccer playoff brackets. Uh, in Class A for the girls, number 10, Sarah Catholic, uh, a 3-0 loss to number 7, Seton LaSalle, on Saturday. Uh, in also Class A, number 15, Bentworth, a one nothing loss against number 2, Springdale. We talked about that a little bit, Mike. I think that's... A pretty big win for Bentworth, uh, being able to hang with with Springdale, especially since they were a 15 seed. Pretty impressive for Tyler Hampshire. Yeah, group. I mean, looking at the other scores in the bracket, there were no other close games. No, and and I know we've talked about this, but in all the games that were played yesterday, higher seeds won every every game. Yeah. So so one nothing losses. Yeah, that's and fine. And I think Tyler Hampshire was was very proud of his group, and and this is the first time like 
we've always been used to Bentworth being one of those top five seeds and being like a powerhouse uh, in Class A. First time in a while they were kind of at the bottom there, but uh, you know hung their own, you know held their own against a, a really tough Springdale team. Got to give it to them. Uh, in two A, number four Elizabeth Ford will face number thirteen Quaker Valley on Tuesday. Number eight Yawk will face number nine Deer Lakes on Tuesday. And then in three A, number eight Bell Vernon versus number nine Oakland Catholic Monday, and number ten TJ versus number seven Hampton on Monday. So. Some good girls teams here in this bracket. I think a lot of good girls teams here in the Valley. Um, anything that kind of sticks out to, to you guys? Uh, Belvern and Oakland, three years in a row in the first yeah. round. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be a really tough matchup, um, a really close matchup, which is kind of what you expect from an 8-9 seed. Yeah, what, two, two years ago I think it was a one nothing final. Mm. Last year was overtime penalty kicks. Yeah. So they, they usually play each other pretty even. And, and I really like Oakland Catholic. I think they're a really good team. Um, I saw them against TJ the second time that they played. A uh, very close game, I believe. That was, what, 2-1 in overtime yeah, yeah. Um, in that one. So, or 3-2 three, um, three maybe. 3-2? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a one-goal game, definitely. And, and uh, you know, both of those teams, I think, are, are really evenly matched and going to be interesting to see how uh, Belverden comes out against Oakland Catholic. I know they're going to want some, some revenge after the last couple of years. Um, I'm excited to see what... Elizabeth Ford and Yacht can do. I know EF has a very young team. Uh, Brandon Gerb, I think, has been pleasantly surprised with how quickly they have, you know, kind of made things happen, um, and they have matured really, really fast. And to get a four seed, I think they're really happy with that. But I don't think you're exactly content with, with just being there. I think they want to get a win over Quaker Valley. So it's going to be interesting to see what that young group can can do. In yeah, they got they some, play, some playmakers. I mean, mm -hmm. if you give Abby Bynes like a free kick from inside 30 oh, yeah. yards, you're in trouble. Yeah, and I mean, they, they've really had a lot of really good young players step up. Uh, you know, Brooklyn Spaldenberger has really, you know, come up big. Um, you know, some other names that come to mind. Uh, you know, Bree Hartford has made some big plays. So Giovanna Ferraro. Giovanna Ferraro has made some big big plays. It seems like every game they have had, you know, like five, six girls putting the ball in the back of the net, which is what you want to see, you know, as a coach from a young team like and, that. And they defend well. Yeah. I mean, I was at their Steel Valley game. It was 2-1, and Steel Valley can put up goals yeah. and numbers. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then Yawk, I mean, the, you know, that's I think this is a good team, too. This is a team that's always up there every year. You know, they, they're a couple years away from a, a Whipple Championship game uh, appearance. Um, so, did they play in the Whipple Championship game last year? Two years ago, I think. Two years ago. Okay, like yeah. 2020 doesn't exist to me, so I feel like yeah. 2019 yeah. is last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're coming off a, you know, I think they were in the semifinals last year is what they were. Yeah, they, okay. they played for the Whippeal Championship the year before, and the year right. before that they made it to the state playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Dan as, Apollonia. As a three or four seed. Dan Apollonia always does a really good job over there. Obviously, Mackenzie Pritz, I think, is one of the better, you know, players in the WPIL. Marin Sleeth has been incredible as a goalkeeper. Kendall and Umble, I think, is a candidate for our breakthrough player of the year, the way that she's played as a freshman. You saw the shot against yeah, Mount Pleasant. Yeah. I mean, that was unreal. Like, a lot of times a goal from 35, 30 yards isn't pretty. That one was yeah. perfect. And, and it was it was just like one of those goals, and, and Dan Eppelunia talked about it after the game, like, you know, you don't have a lot of tall goalkeepers. If it's it, – you know, it might not be a hard shot, but if it's perfectly placed, yeah. like, that's – it was just – that's exactly what it was, and she was able to, to hit it. And Yacht got a nice win to – end the season and, you know, gain some motivation and, and some confidence, momentum. Yeah, I could see uh, them giving, giving some teams some fits in the playoffs. I could too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
Going to the boys' brackets, uh, we'll start with Class A. Number three, Bentworth, taking on number 13, Beaver County Christian on Tuesday. Number 12, Sarah Catholic, will take on number five, Eden Christian Academy. Number In 2A, number four, Charleroi, taking on number 13, Keystone Oaks Monday. Number five, Elizabeth Ford, will take on number 12, Mount Pleasant Monday. So both of those teams are playing the opposite teams. Yeah section foes, uh, would you? And uh, number 16, Yawk will face number one, South Park, on Monday. And then in 3A, uh, number five, Thomas Jefferson with a one to nothing win over South Bay in overtime. Uh, they will now play number four, Plum, on Wednesday in the quarterfinals. And number nine, Bell Vernon suffered a four to nothing loss to number eight, Mars, uh, in the class 3A bracket. Um, what stands out here? I mean, those Charleroi boys, they got KO. See what they can do. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because a few of us dads, we always sometimes will send text messages to the boys' groups, kind of give them some inspiration. And, you know, I got something ready for tomorrow. Excuse me, but like. Like like the Mario Lemieux text. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's one of these things where a lot of things happened last year with, you know, two of our coaches not being able to coach right. um, due to COVID protocol. And, it, you know, I mean, that was a that was a game day. Mm-hmm. Like, that happened on game day. So, you know, it, it, whether you – it's not an excuse, but at the same time – The focus kids, level. Right? That's yeah. just – you know, even I was not even playing, and I was, like, sitting at home shocked. Like, right. You know, so, so that taste of, of losing to Avonworth last year, I think um, a lot of these boys kind of – still have a little bit in their mind of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to kind of see how they come out, you know. That that tune-up at Belvern and I, you know, as much as a lot of parents on both sides didn't want that game to happen just because people were nervous about injuries and, and, and red cards or whatever right. possibly happening in that game, I really believe that that game is going to help our team. Yeah, um, yeah. So it'll it'll – It'll be good. We're, yeah, I mean, if that, if that game doesn't get you ready, then you're yeah. in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't be playing if that I, game doesn't yeah. get you ready. So that's a good one. Um, you know, even though the the Yawk, somebody on that sideline had some not so nice things to say about my two kids during the game, um, I I want to give a shout out to Yawk for kind of t- you know it, listen, they haven't you know when's the last time they were in the playoffs? Like I don't even know. Like you know, what I mean they they you know for them to. To pull through and those those kids kind of pull it together and, and, and they, they played well this year. Right. You, you know what I mean? Given the opportunity. So, you know, a little shout out to them. I know, you know, it'll be a tough it'll be a tough matchup for them, you know, this week. But uh hey, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing I wanna see is I wanna see if, if those Cougars are ready to turn the corner. You know, yeah. it seems like the playoffs have kind of been such a dead end, you know, in whether it's been the first round or the quarterfinals yeah. and um I, you know, I think that Bill Vernon game really showed me something in terms of being able to match the physicality. You know, it was a very physical game. Like you said, you know, you, you get worried about yellow cards and things like that. And I think there were three combined, I think two for, for Charleroi's side. Yeah. But yeah. they hung with it. And, and especially, you know, I, when I talked to John after the game, a late goal like that, let Bell Vernon scored, that can kind of be deflating, not just for that game, but like a little, like going forward, like, oh, yeah. we let that late, late goal go by. Yeah. But they played 20 minutes in overtime and, and – were really strong, yeah. you know. I think yeah. you know Evan and Arlo each had a each had a shot in overtime that you know went a little bit wide, but yeah. you know it's it's just one of those uh, battles that you need going into the playoffs, and I yeah. think you know both sides really benefited from something. Like I, that. I I agree, I agree. I think uh, I, I think it'll help us out. Like yeah. I said, it, to come out of there, basically, we, we had no injuries. Um, I think Dom Yokolano hurt his foot or leg, but mm-hmm. he was at practice the next day. 
you know. Right. I think they're, they, they're practicing today. And I'm sure they'll be going over the defensive side of corner kicks, you know, but it'll be good. I think, I think, uh, I think we're set up nice on this side of the bracket. Yeah. I, I, I like, you know, I think we were all like, well, at least I was kind of surprised at KO. I don't know why. We were thinking freedom mm -hmm. for some reason. And then when KO came up, we were like, uh, okay. But yeah. um, I think this side of the bracket might, might be nice, you know. And but again, it's, you never know. You yeah. got to show up and play and it's game to game, right? We're 0-0 right now. Yeah. Everybody's 0-0 so. and, and Potentially could see a local matchup if, if Charleroi gets past KO and EF gets past Mount Pleasant. Mm -hmm. We could see a quarterfinal matchup between those two local teams. You know, we talked about that'd, this that'd before. Be a, that'd be a fun one. Yeah, we talked about this uh, off air. I think that's going to be could be a fun matchup if they're able to, to get past those teams. Um, you know, I, I look at you know this this bracket and I look at you know three A and I look at single A too. We have a lot of top five seeds. You know, we have Charleroi, EF, each top five. TJ uh, got a number five. Bentworth with a number three. You know, I think the Bearcats have really proven a lot this season. They played a tough game with Charleroi earlier in the year. Um, they have some goal scorers. They have, you know, Landon Urko has been uh, really good as a goalkeeper. And um, interested to see what the Bearcats can do as a three seed in that Class A bracket as well. Yeah, uh, nice win for TJ yesterday. Mm -hmm. they, had to, they had to dig deep. I know yeah. – um, Doc Kulish, who got his 400th career win yeah. yesterday, Doc. he mentioned to me before the game that he said South Fayette's a damn good team. They're not a 12 seed mm. no. the way they play. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, it was scoreless <clears throat> for 90 minutes almost. Yeah. And, and same thing. TJ got a few corner kicks, a few deep throw-ins, and ball bounces the wrong way, and it's in the back of the net, and that's it. Yeah. And, and I got to give a shout-out to Doc Kulish. We've talked about this all the time. One of my favorite coaches uh, in Whipple Boys Soccer, uh, just – the, the impact that he has and, you know, just he's been doing it for so long. It's awesome to – it's always awesome to talk to him. And he's been, I there, know, he's been there since 1993. Yeah. That, yeah. I was I, born that year. Yeah. <laughs> I, 93. Yeah. I almost graduated high school. <laughs> I, I was eight years old then, so. <laughs> yeah. No, it, you know what? I, it's funny. Uh, all these years of being in soccer, I, I just met him two, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. at the, he was at the pit game. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were there after the game, and, and he came over to us, and, and to Keeley and I, and, and started talking to us, and, you know, good guy. Yeah. You know, he, he was just talking about Evan and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to him. Yeah, just a, a great career, a uh, great guy to talk to. We, you know, talked about how I think something that people don't know at the beginning of the year, you know, we, we saw it when we were at practice. He goes and he talks to every single class, like all the cl every classification of kids, whether it's freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors. He talks to all of them and he tells them, like, you know, what their role is going to be for the upcoming year. And, they, and he always says, this can change. You just have to be motivated enough to, to do so. And he has that kind of just that, I guess I don't know what you want to call it. Wisdom. Wisdom that he shares with them. Leadership. Um, you know, he, he, he wants to be clear with them that, like, hey, this is yeah, what I'm expecting yeah, out yeah, of you. I mean, in this specific instance, he was telling so-and-so, I'm going to have you starting JV, but that doesn't mean you're not going to play right. varsity because right. we might need you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just having that type of, you know, interaction with, with a kid and being like, hey, this is what I'm expecting of you. You know, I think that's that's important, and, and he's always been that type of coach to, to go ab above and beyond for, for his kids. So congratulations to uh, Doc Coolish for getting win number 400, and uh, good luck to the rest of our teams that are left. We had three that, that suffered losses on Saturday, but uh, still got a good good amount. Still got a lot of playoff soccer to see, so excited to see what they can do. And thankfully a good number of games close by. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, that always helps. All right, and uh, the volleyball play.
playoff brackets were also released on Saturday, so we'll list those games as well. Um, again, congratulations to all our Whitfield soccer teams. Good luck uh, the rest of the way. Uh, in Class A for volleyball, number seven California will take on number 10 Eden Christian Tuesday at Our Lady of Sacred Heart High School. In 2A, number six Sarah Catholic takes on number 11 Waynesburg Central Wednesday at South Fayette. Also in 2A, number seven South Allegheny versus number 10 Shenango Wednesday at Armstrong. And in 2A, number eight Frazier taking on number nine South Park Wednesday at Thomas Jefferson. In 3A, number two TJ will take on the winner of Monday's matchup between number 15 West Allegheny and number 18 Laurel Highlands Wednesday at Thomas Jefferson High School. So uh, looking at this, number 2A is filled with local teams. Uh, three local teams in there with Sarah Catholic, South Allegheny, and Frazier. And I'm going to turn to Nick a little bit on this one because, Nick, you've seen Frazier a lot this season. They get the number eight seed. Um, I know it was kind of a little, you know, tough. I don't know if it's like controversial that they got the eight seed. But uh, a lot of good teams there in 2A. But yeah. Frazier in the middle of the, the pack there uh, having to face South Park at Thomas Jefferson on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, I would take that as a tough seeding. I mean, mm -hmm. you won your section. Right. Then uh, the team that got second in your section behind you got the 11 seed. So, like, that kind of, like, right. a little close for me. But, I mean, Frazier's a pretty solid team. They have a, a young core with mm -hmm. two freshmen starting, Grace Vaughn, Jen, uh, Grayson Hartman, not mm -hmm. Jensen. <laughs> um, but Jensen's really the anchor of that yep. team. Everybody follows around her, and she's the leader. Right. As Jeremy likes to call her, Henson. Uh, during softball season. All, all I know is it's – okay, so from my perspective, sometimes I'm in range to get hit with volleyballs, and it's terrifying. It is terrifying. Being yeah. on the far side of the court oh, when, yeah. when she's hitting the ball. Yeah, it was kind of like when Sky Aker was at yeah, Frazier. Yeah. There is not a single person I was more terrified getting hit with a ball Oh, yeah, because we always set you guys up in the corner, too, yeah. so yeah. it's more you're, fun. You're right in range. Yeah. And, I've like, I've, I've had, like, we've had good views of when Sky would go up for a kill and just, like, you know, and I'm just, like, I don't want to play against that. You know, I think um, one day I want to go in there with, like, those pocket radars that you use in, like, baseball yeah. and softball and see the velocity of the volleyball. Like, yeah. it, it has to be, like, maybe in the 70s, 80s. It's terrifying. But, yeah, the, this Frazier team, uh, I mean, Mandy Hartman has them ready every year. Yeah. Uh, she has them ready uh, for, for playoff runs. So we'll see how, how it goes. I know, you know, when you have that 8-9 matchup in any sport, it's always going to be a, kind of a toss-up of, of who's able to uh, to come away with a win. Uh, I know Sarah Catholic and, and SA are, are pretty solid programs. Uh, Sarah has a very young group, and I know that might be some trouble for them, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, moving forward. So uh, best of luck to all of our volleyball teams uh, going forward. We'll see who can uh, come out on top. Some kids crying because Jeremy's not here. He's upset. He wanted to see Jeremy. Or maybe or maybe he thought Frazier should have been a four seed. <clears throat> yeah, could maybe. Be. Yeah. I, could I, be I think too. I did hear that kid say go doors. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and before we move on here, I did want to mention Pitt Panthers got a pretty big win over Clemson. Yeah. We all yeah. we all saw that. What about those Cal U Vulcans? The rolling. In the Coal Bowl, they, they bring it back to Cal U, still unbeaten. Uh, the Vulcans went 38-34 to over IUP on the road. They trailed 23-10 to at the half before outscoring the Crimson Hawks 28-11 to in the second half. Clareton graduate Dom Solomon, 
huge block punt that led to their game-winning touchdown uh, from Noah Mitchell to Tyson Hill. Uh, Noah Mitchell, great performance, 30 of 43, 359 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Derek Lockhart, South Allegheny grad, led the way, nine catches, 153 yards and two touchdowns. Cam Tarrant, 11 uh, receptions for 97 yards and two touchdowns. And Tyson Hill, four catches for 97 yards and a score. So... Congrats to the Cal U Vulcans getting a big road win uh, over IUP. I know they're, I think they're ranked five. I believe so. Um, and, and I think uh, IUP was 22, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So uh, a big win for Cal U. I know they, they still have Slippery Rock on the schedule on the road. Uh, should be a good, that should be a good one. That should be a good game as well. So um, we'll see what, uh, what the Vulcans can do. They're, they're kind of matching the Panthers' uh, hot streak here going forward. Remember they lost to Western Michigan? Yeah, <laughs> I do. That sucks. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> All right, we will transition into our individual segments, and I know Casey has some things to get off his chest. Casey, what, what, what do you what do you call this segment again? Jose. So what you saying? Ooh. I, I I got a lot on my mind. I'm gonna. I'm going to keep it short because I don't want to be here. You know, we all have places to go today. You got some um, soccer to watch today. Yeah. yeah if you keep going, you might not have to go. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, a, like a filibuster. So, let me put my feet up. Um, <laughs> a lot of things have transpired over the past couple weeks where I haven't – we haven't been around. We haven't been able to, mm-hmm. to talk about. But yep. um, families, parents, kids – Friends, so-called friends, who have been to my house, eaten my food, and then want to talk crap on my kids. Um, it's high school sports. It's not, and I don't want to make this personal, but like it's high school sports, right? High school is high school, and I, I like high school sports, but it's not the end-all, be-all of anybody's life, anybody's career. But some of you parents are acting like it is. It's just you cannot. You, 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 you're not enjoying any bit of your kid's game or any bit of your life if you're just continuously complaining about every call, every play, every time a kid doesn't pass the ball to the right kid. It's ridiculous. Sit your butt down. Enjoy some hot chocolate. Watch the game. Hopefully your kid scores. Hopefully your kid wins and makes it to the next round. Whatever you got to do. But... It's just the, these last couple of weeks. It's just become a lot, yeah. and it's kind of it. It just makes well, you know. And there's a reason why most of the time I keep my headphones in during games and move away from everybody, you know. And and sometimes it's a little more eye opening than, than others. But I guess my point is just relax and enjoy the game because mm-hmm. soon it'll be over. And then what do you what do you have? Right. Right. Like it's just. You know, maybe your kid will go off and be able to play school somewhere else. Maybe he's playing a club sport or whatever. But I, that's it. it. It just, like, that That was really on my mind, you know. So it's like a what you're saying. So what you're saying because you're really saying that it's more about you and than it's about your kid. Right. You know what I mean? So it just, you know, these last couple of weeks really showed me some true colors of some people. Not a big deal because I don't see him much. But, you know. That's about it. Well, well it. It, at my game yesterday, um, there was a point where both coaches from each team were laughing with one another, saying, "There's 200 other extra officials up in the stands." Today. Uh, absolutely, it's cra- it's, and none of them 
are are right. Yeah. None of them. None of them are. You know. You know. There was a dad that complained about something at the Bell Vernon game, and and but then he, it you know admitted that he would never have never be able to be a ref. Right. And I'm like, then then shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like just let them like. You know, there's a mis. Listen, and that's the thing too. Like, in every, I don't care, high, MLS, whatever you're playing, football, whatever, you're, there's calls missed, right? right? It's high school soccer. Some of these dudes can barely run from the 18 to the 18. Right. They're not going to make every call. Yeah. But instead, again, instead of just sitting there enjoying your buffalo chicken dip. And they're not making hundreds of bucks either. No. Oh. No. They're probably like some of these dudes probably pay more in gas. Yeah. At this right. point, than they are getting paid. Like it's just. It's a bit much, you know. And it's a shame, too, because, like, I feel like a lot of these guys do it because they've always enjoyed being referees. But now, like, you see such a shortage because because yeah. they like, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth getting, getting berated getting by parents beat, beat up no. and worn down. When, I, when I make a mistake. Because, yeah. like, every single person in those stands, you've made a mistake in your life. You know, like, it, it, it's, it, it's just that so happens that these guys are making a mistake involving yeah. a game. And, and there's a, a high di- school, and, yeah. including yeah. two teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's a difference between, I feel like, too, part of it's like, there's a difference between questioning a call, but, like, there were two guys. There were two guys there that continuously complained the whole game. Yeah, yelling, spit. Like I looked over at one point, and you know it's dark, so and there's a light behind the guy, and he's yelling, and he, there's just spit just flying everywhere. You know what I mean? Like it was just that's not sanitary. But anyway, it's just you know relax. It's a game. It's a it's it's a game, man. You know I I think we've all been there. Some of us learn to to. to to dial it down, and yeah. some will, you know, continue to do that and, and ruin the experience. So that's it. Jose, kind of been watching this whole time, trying to catch what you know, kind of get the vibe. I'm, you know, lot lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we've missed a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Really. There's been some baseball stuff going on, some obviously football, soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, people probably complaining there's not enough coverage of something. Mm-hmm. So, what are you thinking? It really grinds my gears, Casey. Oh, I knew it. I'm ready for it. Ties. Ooh. I hate ties. Neckties? I? No, not neckties. Bolo ties. Soccer ties. Mm. I'm with you. But go off. I don't like them. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go I don't ahead. like them. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody likes them. I mean, we just saw a great game between Belver and Charleroi. And I think that the, the result was, like, indicative of, of how good both teams are. You know, I think it was, it was fair. But I wanted to see who won. I wanted to see a winner out of that game. And, like, I don't know if it's, like, appropriate to be like, hey, in the regular season, let's not have ties. Let's... Do PKs. Let's do you know one final shootout. Get like your best player and just whoever scores. You know, if it, like get your two best players. Whoever scores wins. But if both of them score, just keep going. You're doing hockey. You know, I want to see a winner. I mean, we, I want to see any like, ties. We, we just sat through forty minutes an intermission, forty minutes a small intermission, mm-hmm. and then twenty more minutes of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's another five minutes? Right. Like I just I want to see a winner. And, and not even that. When it comes to the end of the season, you're trying to determine 
you know, scenarios for playoffs and things like that, like, ties are kind of, like, hard to and, – and I, I know there's points involved, and a lot of people don't know that. I don't think a lot of people know that there are points involved with ties. Like, you still get a point if you get a tie. But if you lose, obviously you get no points. It's just like the NHL, like when you go to overtime, you still get a point. If you go to overtime, you get two points if you win in overtime. But, yeah, I just, in, in games, like like I've, we've seen so many games, I think there's one team in particular I can't remember that had three ties this year. Like, yeah. Well, and as you mentioned with standings, you could dominate a team but just not be able to score. Yeah. And then end up in a tie. Right. Where you really deserve to win. Yeah. And if And if you go to penalty kicks – Chances are you might win. Right, right. And, and I just, I don't know, it just, it really grinds my gears. I just, uh, in games, I want to see a winner. Same with the NFL. Like, you play ten, you play this whole game, then you have 10 minutes of overtime. These are professional athletes. I think they can go to another overtime. Or make and it. And score a, one touchdown. Make it a field goal kicking contest or something. Yeah. Freaking. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it, it'd be interesting, and I'm sure it'd be really difficult to, like, look at you know, how many people um, or how many games or how many ties affected, like, seedings and different things, yeah. you know? But For, well, yesterday, Penn State, the, that ninth overtime oh, wasn't geez. a real overtime. It was mm. a two-point conversion contest. Right, right. It, it just... So do something to let them let there be a final result. Right, right. And, but, and, but then in that case, there is a final result at least. You know, at least there is a winner. You know, you have to they go could, nine could, overtimes to do it. I'd but. be satisfied if they played rock, paper, scissors to determine the tie. I would, too, to be honest. Charlotte, or Casey, who would have won rock, paper, scissors, Eben or anybody from Bell Vernon's team? Um, How good is Eben it at depends rock, paper, on, scissors? It depends on, it depends on who, who you ask. Because you know? <laughs> I mean, obviously there was a text message sent from somebody to somebody that said there's a kid on Bell Vernon's team that's at every, every aspect of soccer better. So I'm sure that that kid would have won oh. because he's better than everybody. Rock, paper, scissors is a very vibe game, though. you got to have the right vibe. That's true. That's true. Either way, I just – give me a winner. So you know, is I it, just, like, best two out of three or just yeah, one? Yeah, best two out of three. You, you, you got you to at least give the, other, you know, the opponent a shot there. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of piggybacking off of this. I love penalty kicks in soccer. I do, too. I think it's exciting. Like, I hope one of these games I cover – Hopefully it's not like an eight o'clock game that stretches into eleven p.m. Yeah, but like a like a tight penalty kick. It's it's intense, right? And I, and I think it's like it, it's it's an exciting part of the game, and I feel like the kids would get excited about that type of thing too. And I know in in, in the playoffs we will see that, and and I think in the past we've seen it quite often. Like I love when when a keeper makes a huge save in a penalty yeah. penalty kick. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- that's what I really I really thought. That that's what they were going to do in that game. Well, yeah. I didn't think they were going to play overtime. I thought they were just going to maybe do PKs be- right. just because it was a, a non-section game. Yeah. game and you didn't want anybody to get hurt anymore, right. but I guess somebody could get hurt in a PK too. But, like, that helps you out, though, because you could see that in the playoffs, right? right. So you get your goalie ready for that. And yeah. I was sh- We were kind of, like, going back and forth as – I guess they had to just do it the regular way just because it is technically a regular season game and I you have guess, to kind of yeah. operate from, from the a, same from way. From a rules standpoint. Yeah, yeah. but – that would have been – I would have enjoyed that. I would have enjoyed it rather to see uh, there be a winner in that game and just stop the ties, please. I don't like them. That's pretty much all I got. Yeah. No, I, I like <laughs> it. I like it. All right, so we will look to wrap this up, boys. Nice to be back here at Perked Up. Nice to be back with you guys talking some sports. Mike, 
appreciate you coming down. Yeah, it was good to be here. For, I the, to for the first time. See if I can come back. I I know the next two weekends I'm working daylight, so that won't fly. But yeah. soon enough, we'll get you back here. We'll get some. Uh, hopefully, get some special guests uh, here soon as well. Um, here on the Valley Sports Guys podcast. Uh, great to be back. Like I said, um, for Casey McIntyre, Mike Darnay, Nick Hicksonball. I am. Mon Valley Independent Assistant Sports Editor Jose Negron. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to give us a follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, we will see you next week here from Perked Up Cafe, the Valley Sports Guys podcast. Mm